Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. Hey, hey, today we've got something very exciting. It's a sneak peek from our new podcast, which is called 20% Happier. 20% Happier is my colleague Matthew Hepburn's latest plot to one-up me. Matthew is a meditation teacher and coach, and he's been a driving force behind the meditation content on the 10% Happier app. And you may know him, actually, if you're a subscriber from his hit meditation, Soothe Anxiety to Sleep. Here on the 10% Happier podcast, as you know, we feature long-form conversations with deep Dharma teachers and mental health experts about the various ways you can do life better. But many of you have been asking for a deeper dive into how to strengthen your meditation practice. And that is where Matthew's new show comes in. In each episode of 20% Happier, Matthew goes one-on-one with an everyday rank-and-file meditator as they seek to overcome a challenge in either their life or their meditation practice. In today's clip, you're going to hear Matthew talking to Leslie, who during the pandemic really committed to her meditation practice. She took virtual courses, listened to talks, read a lot of books. But even with all of that, Leslie is still feeling a little lost and confused when it comes to making her practice her own and figuring out what actually works for her. To listen to the entire episode of 20% Happier or all the episodes, you can download the 10% Happier app wherever you get your apps, then open it up, tap on the podcast's tab at the bottom of the screen, and you'll see it right there. Here we go now with our little sneak peek. What's happening for you in the areas that you're integrating this all into your life or that you're exploring in your meditation practice on the cushion? Mm, I think, you know, I was taking all these online courses and they're all talking about compassion and the compassion trainings, loving kindness, metta, Lojong, we're doing Tonglen, and I'm struggling a bit in those areas. So I've been able to sort of see how meditation works for me. And then when it starts to become about extending that out to other people, it feels like it gets a little complicated in terms of keeping that an authentic compassion practice where you're really feeling mm-hmm. as opposed to it becoming an intellectual exercise that can become quite discombobulated. So for me, um, I'll be listening and they're talking about the part where you're feeling or you're recalling something from your own life or you're focusing on gratitude and you're generating these good feelings. And then will come the part where they say something like, and now think of somebody you love. Mm -hmm. And I love a lot of people. So I can get very caught up in the choosing and I'm like, oh my goodness, my son, (laughs) my son did not come immediately to my mind. I mean, I love him the most, but I can't meditate on my son every single time. Okay. Who's second best? All right. My husband, Mm -hmm. my, no, Mm -hmm. just kidding. (laughs) Who else do I love? Who else is in my circle? Or like my mother, you know, do I want to think about my mother and, and my mother and my partner bring up, you know, different kinds of love, different feelings of love. And I'll start to notice a lot about like, oh, the love I have for my partner and the love I have for my mother or the love I have for my sister or my really good friend I just saw yesterday and we had a wonderful time. Um, They all generate these different kinds of feelings and I can get really caught up in analyzing that as opposed to just picking somebody. (laughs) for the purpose of moving on and the practice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's where I'm I'm struggling a little bit in in really feeling loving kindness. Like I think I 
I get it, but I don't always feel like I feel it. Yes. I don't always feel like I'm feeling the the genuine, authentic, compassionate feelings that are supposed to move me through the practice. I get really caught up in the middle part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These particular practices are really nuanced and rich. I think, you know, maybe a big part of the reason is that we're social beings, humans are, and this is a practice that brings into our meditative life all the richness and nuance and complexity of our relationships. And so it can be really easy when we just open the door to all of that stuff to completely lose the thread of the simpler instructions and intentions of the meditation and really just dive into exploring a reflection on these relationships. One of the reasons that I have found that, I'll say for myself, I'll be curious to ask some things from you about this, but for me, the quality of mind and heart that is developed through meditation, the headspace I get into, the heart space that I get into is a precious one. And it's, you know, not always that I'm carrying that around in my everyday life as I'm checking off the to-do list or whatever. And so when I have the opportunity to really be embodying that kind of attitude and way of being, reflecting on my relationships feels actually really rich. It feels like an opportunity actually to reflect on them from this place. And so it's very seductive to just kind of go into it and be like, oh, where's the you know, sticking point with this person and, you know, this happened. I feel complex about that. And and the whole meditative attitude is like, oh, okay, and I care about this and there's space and time to reflect on it. And so it, it's real easy for me to indulge if I'm not careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's, so that's just the personal part because then when they start to now imagine strangers, I live in a city, I can imagine a lot of different strangers and Mm -hmm. starting to wonder about their lives and feeling the guilt of perhaps not noticing or reflecting Mm -hmm. on them earlier. It feels like there's so many paths of seduction, right? And every week it feels like there's a new situation that's being brought to my attention that I wasn't aware of that can just really take you down into a road of, of introspection and trying to understand it. So I don't I don't know if to think of them as off ramps. I don't know if thinking about those things more intellectually is is me trying to get off of of the road of the feeling. Um, I don't know if that's um, a distraction. I don't know um, if it's an avoidance tactic. I I, I just mm. I, I start to wonder about those those pieces of it, even though it feels really important to think about all of those things. Yes, yes. And and that's one of the keys. This is one of the reasons why we do it. Mm. Because there's a part of us that's like, it's really important to reflect in these ways. And the mind's not really going to listen to you if you say, oh, just put that aside. Like, that's not important. Because it is. It is. And so the mind doesn't want to let go. But we don't have to come from a kind of you know, psychoanalytic frame of analyzing why. Is it an avoidance? Is it just a distraction? Is it this? Is it that? You know, the important thing about the outcome is that when we do 
end up developing this pattern where the mind is going into these more intellectual, ruminative kind of narrative thought trains, as opposed to sticking with the simplicity of the practice, it's like we're trying to build a little fire and, you know, it gets drafty and Mm. we're not keeping close care of it so that the heat can build and Mm. it can grow. And so we want to be able to steady and develop in the simplicity of the practice so that the whole thing can grow and flourish more. So this practice really grows through some simplicity, which is really interesting because there's kind of a lot going on in it. You're bringing people to mind, various categories of people and all kinds of things. And so it's not easy to balance (laughs) that kind of instruction with just keeping it simple. But I'm very hopeful. I I think there's a lot of things for us to do that will help start to build it for you. Excellent. Thank you, Matthew. Again, that was a sneak peek of the new 20% Happier podcast available exclusively over on the 10% Happier app. Download the app today, then tap on the podcasts tab to find out what happens next. We'll see you back here on Monday for a brand new episode. Fascinating dude, professor named David DeSteno, who's been embarking on a very interesting (laughs) little quest that he calls religio prospecting, where he goes back and looks at the evidence that shows benefits for many religious practices and rituals, benefits that can be conferred upon all of us whether we're believers or not. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.